Hey guys, it's 8 Nobody. Before we start today's episode, just take a second to talk about our sponsor, Sinister Jerky, and you can find that at www.sinisterjerky.com. They have all sorts of flavors from Carnage Asada, OG, the Pickle, which is made with dill flavoring, Cracked Pepper, Mango Habanero, and Sriracha Smoke. All these flavors are amazing. I've tried them all personally, and I cannot recommend them enough. Use code KINGDOM at checkout. For a 10% discount, that code is KINGDOM, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. All right, guys, we'll catch you after the episode. All right, welcome back to Castle Comps, episode 40-fucking-2. Today, we have Grim RVG, and Grim is a streamer, a veteran, and he also has a brand new haircut. Grim, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm actually uh, definitely a lot more aerodynamic. No, I was I was gonna say I saw that picture and it was just like, I gotta get him on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was waiting for an opportunity to get you on. I think we since you played Cycle and Cycle's talking about its next adaptation, I thought today would be a good day to talk about Cycle gaming in general and all that good stuff. So before we get into that, let's get into the basics. Where did gaming start for you? Uh, so, I mean, gaming for me, uh, it goes all the way back to, like, I can remember, you can call me, you can call bullshit on this, uh, uh, you and anyone else who's listening. Uh, I actually remember gaming on the Sega Genesis when I was, like, two or three years old. I love the Sega. Sega! Yeah, I used to play uh, Mortal Kombat, and I always fucking pick Scorpion. Okay. Get over here. So, what was it about Scorpion that appealed to you? Was it his move set or his his look? Because I know, like, when you would get it, it was everything. It was a, yeah, aesthetic, dude, and his like the voice lines and shit. Get over here, right? See, but, that, that's uh, the thing about being yeah. a kid. It's like the look of things sometimes is a selling factor. Like, shit, I'm an A's fan because I love the color green, and now I've committed myself to a team that breaks my heart for the last thirty fucking years. Yeah. And to this day, you're probably still a Scorpion fan. Is that correct? Oh fuck yeah! I actually need to get a Scorpion tattoo one of these fucking days. So what would that what would that tattoo consist of? Would that be like him beating the shit out of Sub Zero? Would that be him just like posing like a badass? Like what what kind of picture were you thinking for that? Uh, I actually haven't put any thought into it, but now that you've mentioned it, it'll probably just be some kind of sick ass pose or something. Just something indicating Scorpion in general. For a picture like that, you'd probably want like a good area of space, like something like the calf or even a back piece. My legs are free, so is my back. There you go, there you go, man. Like, I don't know how tatted you are, but what is the most painful spot that you have personally on your body? So I've got both my arms fucking tatted up. Uh, so I'd say like the most painful part that I've experienced thus far is either like right on the fucking top of the shoulder right at the edge right next to my like right on the fucking wrist bone oh yeah anywhere it's like straight needle to bone this did not feel great yeah worst parts of my fucking arms the the Uh, weirdest place for me was pre-armpit skin because I have my like hip all the way to my armpit done oh my god like you never scrape your armpit as a kid like you never fall off your bike and you're like oh my armpit so like that skin's like never been fucked so getting a tattoo there was just horrible it was like oh my god yeah I mean uh, no I fucking have a lot I have a lot to get done that's for damn sure but uh, yeah I definitely haven't fucked my armpit as a kid 
as an adult either. I mean, I'm sure there's Japanese businessmen out there who would love to change that, Grim. <laughs> yeah. Not ones that I'd be willing to pay or get paid from. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, times are hard out there, but they're not right? that hard. No. I might need to after getting this fucking truck, put the fucking <laughs> gas in this bitch. Let me tell right? you. I mean, shit. You know how bad times are when you have to resort to OnlyFans to make your Toyota payment. Fuck, dude. <laughs> So getting back to gaming, so you started on the side-scroller fighting games. Now, did that continue on with other adaptations of fighting games? Like, I know you like the Mortal Kombat series, but do you, did you play other series like Tekken Tag and things like that? So um, it, it did kind of carry out throughout the years, but as other genres had come out, it kind of faded over time, right? So uh, I eventually did play some Tekken. I played some Street Fighter um, and then like, what the fuck was that one game called where, uh, it was like a, a newer Street Fighter, but it wasn't Street Fighter. It had like this weird title to it. I'm not sure. Um, fighting it, it games are never the, my forte. Right. It was on the original Xbox, and fuck. Mm, I can't sure. remember the name of it, but one of my favorite ones was back on the PlayStation. It was Bloody Roar. Bloody Roar 2. <laughs> and what about that game was the shit for you when you were that age? The fact that motherfuckers would morph into a creature and then you just rip apart the other person. So it was all the fun of the Animorphs, plus yeah. all the fun of actually fighting somebody. Yes. <laughs> My two Violent. favorite things, finally. Extreme Violent. 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 <laughs> Anger. <laughs> it's like those edited G.I. Joe clips on Newgrounds World back in the day. The only way to solve your problems, kids, is with extreme violence. G.I. Yeah. Joe. Go, Joe. <laughs> Not wrong. So, growing up as a console player, when did you make the transition to a gaming PC? So actually, that was uh, very recent. It didn't fucking happen until my adult years. Uh, I mean, we had like a family like computer back in the day, but uh, it never dawned on me to play anything other than, you know, the fucking space pinball shit that came on every PC. Right. It was that or fucking Minesweepers. So feels like uh, most family say... PCs were potatoes. So even if you had something awesome like, you know, Battlefield 1942 back when we were kids, like it probably wouldn't even run on that potato PC. Probably. Probably fucking not, but it was crazy because, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow up in the age of where that shit was just starting to, like, really, uh, you know, take Blow up and, and fucking start growing. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, I did not get a PC till about uh, 2018, 2019, something like that. Right. Isn't it so weird looking back? When you were a kid and you're playing a game, like I remember playing like Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country, and like this is the greatest gaming experience ever. And now it's just like, look at all the stuff we have in just like a short period of time. It's fucking crazy. Like within like the last twenty years, we were fucking looking at, you know, eight pixel, sixteen, whatever. Fucking, you know, it's just how badass it was at the time because you're like, oh wow, this is it, man. And you're looking at fucking. You know, Lara Croft's fucking triangle titties. I was like, gonna oh. say, I remember yeah. when that was like a big deal, like a big point of contention, yeah. and people were like, I think we need to get 
rid of this PlayStation nonsense. And now look what's out there. Now we're fucking hentai saggy boobies, dude. Like, I just saw Ricky Berwick posted a picture on Steam that somebody gifted him a game called Anime Feet. (laughs) And another one called... (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what what have we become? Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. So, with the gaming PC... What games would you say are your main? Are you like an RTS guy? Or are you like a first-person shooter guy? Like, where where's your gaming realm currently at? So, um, for PC, it kind of stems back uh, to the uh, Nintendo era, playing the uh, you know fucking James Bond and shit. Oh yeah, the Golden Eye. Uh, I've always yeah, I've always been a fucking fan of like first-person shooters. You know, and, you know, I'd always have my friends over, and, of course, I'd know life the fuck out of every console game that I played and had, and had the ability to have, and uh, that was, like, back in the day when Hollywood videos was a fucking thing, so you'd go in, you'd rent a fucking game, and you had to beat it within, like, a certain amount of time, because you had to return that fucking shit. Exactly, um, and they made those games fucking impossible, because they wanted you to keep going back and renting it, renting it, and renting it. That's why nobody's ever beat fucking Aladdin for the Super Nintendo, and anyone who tells you they had is full of shit. Fucking liar. Or Battletoads. <laughs> hey, fuck that game. Yeah. Um, so I'm mainly, uh, I like shooting. I like shooting, you know, just shooters in general. Uh, it could be first person, third person. Um, I even used to play like some top down shooters and. Oh, like the old, old Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Shit like that. So, uh, as that progressed and as new shit has come out, um, you know, COD guy for the longest fucking time. Right, uh, oh. Halo guy. Before that, the Call of Duties kind of like and uh, Halo at the same time. But right now on PC, it's pretty much anything that's you know remotely similar to the fucking first person era. Right, whether so, it be Battle Royale or fucking uh, any kind of fucking main title out there. Did you remember the original Call of Duty campaign and how fucking groundbreaking that was, and how amazing that was to play as a kid? Yeah. And it's insane. It's crazy how we went from those like life-altering, amazing campaigns to games where people barely play the campaign anymore. They just get it for and the multiplayer. People, and people don't even fucking like. I don't know the ones that fucking are mind enough to fucking remember. Uh, Call of Duty was all about the fucking campaign, and then they added multiplayer in, and that was like an additional benefit. Right, and then like, that became the mainstay. Day, right, but still to this day, I always, whenever I get a Call of Duty game, I always play through the fucking story first before I get into any multiplayer. I press Y for respect. I do it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's it's unfortunate Kevin Spacey was in those lines of games, but hey, you know, hindsight twenty twenty, nobody knew. So, with that said, like. What type? So you like those kinds of games, but do you like the ones that are hyper realistic, or this is as realistic as a game can be, where you can pop like twenty morphines in a row, like an Escape from Tarkov, or if you more of that kind of like fast paced arcade, like shooter killer kind of deal, like you get with the Warzone? So I mean, I played Warzone back when it came out, but I haven't fucking played it since uh, Escape from Tarkov. I've been into it since I've been on PC. Damn near pretty much like as soon as I got a PC, Tarkov was one of the things that I got and I played. Right. And uh, over the years, I've gotten better and used to the hyper-realism of that game. Um, I enjoy both styles, right? And I'm interested to see 
what Call of Duty comes out with in terms of their copycat fucking version of Tarkov is going to be. I'm so curious, I it, too. I imagine it is not... It's going to be a fucking watered-down version of a hardcore shooter, I'm pretty sure. I mean, just the balls of coming out and saying... Before yeah. the games even release, like this is gonna give Tarkov a run for its money. It's like, oh, yeah. is this gonna be a carbon copy? Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, yeah, watch I mean, them change the be... name slightly and be like, oh yeah, this is Sajula, <laughs> and he wears a shirt <laughs> or some stupid thing like that. So, how many wipes of Tarkov would you say you have played? Oh. I could give you, you a number. Yeah, just ballpark it. But I remember, I remember there was things that they, you know, that you didn't used to have, but that you had that you don't have anymore. Like the grenade launcher patched out at the bottom yeah, of the seventy-four uh, AK, or uh, fuck. That's okay. We, we, think of, we, we can come think back like to the that. Oldest Okay, I was just trying to think of, like, the oldest thing that I can remember that you used to be able to do or have. Like, I remember people used to fucking uh, sit there. Like, you could play Tarkov. Hatchet running was play, the thing. Yeah, you could play Tarkov without even playing Tarkov. Like, people would play stocks with fucking market items and sit there and buy, sell, and trade shit. <laughs> just day, day trading. Yes. I mean, yes. that's something you see on, like, EVE or, like, World of Warcraft back in its prime. Like, people became fucking gold millionaires and then sold that shit off. So, you know, that's a yeah, viable then, thing. Yeah, and then they uh, added in the founded raid factor, so that really put a fucking stop to any of that kind of shit. Just like the iterations they put for this current wipe, it was kind of like anti-Chad wipe, where they made it so you can buy certain things, and now that the flea market's yeah. got, like, a high tax on certain things, yep. and now you can't yep. carry a certain amount of things. Like, you can't stack, like, you know, 12 rigs in your backpack and then put a bunch of stuff in all those rigs. So yeah, they're just trying to get a more realistic approach to it, right? So that, my question is, like, for all the iterations you've seen at Tarkov over the, the wipes of playing, where would you say this current wipe stands for you? Is this like your favorite wipe? Is this your least favorite wipe? Is this wipe somewhere in the middle? Like, where would you say this current wipe stands for you? So I feel like, uh, well, to be honest, I haven't even fucking played this wipe, but I feel like it's. You know, anyone who's complaining is just complaining to complain. Um, and social media has given people that outlet of fucking just throwing their fucking crybaby opinion on the internet and, you know, it getting traction or not getting noticed in the first place. It's sad but, um, that every year it feels like we're getting closer to that Jay and Silent Bob, like, movie poop shoe, <laughs> like, thing where people just yeah. take every chance they can just to shit on things. Yeah. Like, just love fucking beef. Like it? Oh, well. Go to the next fucking... Fl slap in the next disc, baby. Go into the next fucking change your avenue of approach. You know? there, there's literally oh. thousands of games out there. If you're not happy with something, you can yeah, you can play much. something else. I mean... <laughs> but I've only... um, I haven't played this wipe a whole lot in comparison to previous wipes. But I I um have been following some streamers and... uh watching them as they go through the wipes and shit like the events that they're doing and stuff it's pretty cool right, um, right. they're adding a little spice to the fucking game so with all the, the rumors of when the next wipe is coming out are you motivated to play the next wipe and next iteration of Tarkov or are you saving that for like Marauders that's going to be coming out in the near future or the Cycle Frontier which is going to be dropping I, what 
they say I like the eighth. I think uh, it's the eighth. Sometime next week, right? Or in a week's time or something like that. Right. So um, are, you, are you like more geared towards those games or are you like more excited for Tarkov wipe? So, I mean, I dip my fucking toes in the cycle and it'd be cool to just play it again. I think the important part would be to actually play with individuals. Right. Um, Tarkov, I can sit there and fucking either play by myself or play with homies. It doesn't matter. Um, but it is always going to be uh, what I like to call wipe hype. Where oh, everyone yeah. Fucking jumps on. And it's, you know, it's fun to jump in with people that, uh, you know, had interest in the game, hadn't played it before, and they want someone who has been playing for a while to actually show them how the fuck, you know, show them the ropes and right, sherpa sure, them along. Three, right. Yeah, these last two, I don't know, by no means in definition a Sherpa, but I'm just a motherfucker who's been through some shit on that game. And you're willing to teach the newer people. Yes, pretty much. Um, That's pretty much the role I ended up taking, and I definitely enjoy it, for sure. Oh, totally. Like, that's the thing, is like, when you teach somebody something about something or a game... It's funny how, in a way, you, you kind of gain confidence in yourself. Be like, wow, I did, I totally didn't even think about that. And I'm over here, like, explaining this in great detail. Like, sometimes you can surprise yourself with your own knowledge of a game, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. And a lot of times with, like, uh, you know, it's like a learning technique is uh, essentially regurgitating the information that you have on hand in order to reinforce the idea, you know, this is what my knowledge is. Right, you just grab that baby Timmy that brand new fledgling like Tarkov player and you baby bird that knowledge right into their mouth. Yes. <laughs> like nice we're going to learn about crack crack house today. <laughs> yes. You're going to go first. <laughs> so with cycle frontier, it's interesting that you brought up that you prefer the single player experience of a Tarkov. Now for cycle frontier, would you say the single player experience is kind of not as enjoyable because of the maps, constant dropping of players onto the same map? Yeah, I would say that adds a little bit more of a different pressure, right? So, I mean, even on Tarkov, you have waves of fucking scavs, and they're supposed to spawn in, you know, after a certain amount of time, and there shouldn't be no more scavs in that, you know, raid time. But each raid in Tarkov, as we all know, has, you know, a raid timer. When, True. Like you said, with Cycle, it's just until you get the fuck out or you die. Right, and then, or you wait um, for the storm, and then after the storm, yeah. it's just going to be a fucking influx of people. And with scavs, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of scavs, but those scavs are not geared, usually. Those scavs have, like, bare-bone shit, whereas in Cycle, you're going up against fully geared chads sometimes with, like, you know, guarantees and phasma rifles and all sorts of crazy shit. So it's like, your PvP is a lot more hectic in Cycle for that reason because you're never truly safe, whereas in Tarkov, it'd be like, oh, I killed the five other guys on Factory, so now I just have to worry about Tegilla and the scavs. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it does add uh, uh, a unique pressure that uh, Escape from Tarkov doesn't have, and I'm kind of glad it doesn't have Tarkov doesn't have that. Uh, but uh, it does make uh, cycle a bit more difficult in that aspect because you know you could fucking be out of heels, have already fought like two or three teams, and then a full stack of purples comes up and just you know oh it just destroys a fucking good old fucking. <laughs> That's a good way to put it for sure. So, yeah. in have, did you play any of the Marauders beta when the Marauders beta was out? Uh, no, I did not. Um, I heard about it, and I believe a streamer too that I watched and follow. They played it, and I probably watched like five minutes of it, and I was like, 
okay, so it's essentially, you know, you're flying in space and you're going to, you know, fly on these other ships and fight people for those ships and get the fuck out. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's got, like, you know, a lot of the looter-shooter qualities of a Tarkov or a Cycle Frontier, but with its own unique flavor. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's cool that we're getting so many iterations of the looter shooter genre. Like, I don't know if you could say Tarkov invented this genre, but it really feels like that set the bar for it. Well, I mean, it's uh, a stepping stone to pave the way, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, my question to you is, when you, playing Cycle compared to a Tarkov, do you like the simplicity of the ammo Whereas in cycle, it's just like these are you know small caliber rounds. These are rifle rounds. These are heavy rounds. Whereas in Tarkov, you know you have A all the way to Z in rounds. Same with meds. Do you like the simplistic ammo and med approach of cycle, or do you feel like the Tarkov more in depth approach better suits you? So I feel like uh neither like that isn't really a factor in terms of whether whether I like it or I don't like it because I mean having you know complex ammo details when it matches the weapon platform on Tarkov you know it's down to the caliber and you know the fucking the load of the round it it is what it is and right. as well as you know I feel like it was more of a learning curve because I've been used to Tarkov and cycle was new for me that I was like oh I just need small bullets I need medium bullets I only need large bullets and then you know whatever is it's either or, I guess. You know, it doesn't bother me. Like, if Tarkov were to do that tomorrow, I wouldn't be fucking... You wouldn't be it. crying about it. No. No, totally. I totally understand that. So, the art style of Psycho Frontier, was that a turnoff for you? Or did you kind of like the... Because it's very vibrant. It's very colorful. And then when oh, you can... Like yeah, I kind of do, too. It's a lot easier to see things. Like, you compare the color scheme, the palette if you will, of a Cycle Frontier compared to a Marauders or a Tarkov, it's vastly different. Yeah, I mean, I like it, but, I mean, if we're comparing it to Tarkov, I don't, I don't have any qualms against Tarkov either. Right, right. Okay, so um, the vaulting and the ability to climb in Cycle Frontier and the ability to get up into those crazy, like, Willard-esque, like, you know, sniping spots, is that something you took advantage of? Or, like, what kind of fighting style did you take in Cycle? Um, for the short time that I did play it, I feel like I enjoyed sniping the most because if you hit the motherfucker, odds are they're going down. That is true. That is very true. That bolt action, man, it's slow, but it hits like a fucking boss. Yeah. Now, did you like the extract mechanic of a cycle frontier where you have to like you actually get to your your landing platform, hit your little keypad, and you get to like call in your Uber Eats taxi to get you out of there? That was that like an extract that you enjoyed? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say it was cool that you're like, all right, well, I check my map. Okay, I've got this or I've got this. And, you, you know, you got to plan your fucking little shopping route. And that's, that's a good way to put know. it. I mean, it's no different than like, all right, I'm going to Walmart. I need to go to the eggs first and I need to go make my way over to the fucking electronics or, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> no, totally. Shit. No, you're 100% um, accurate on that. So when, when you're streaming, now, do you have like a set schedule and a set like game that you play for a week, like you know, oh, it's Monday, it's Meatloaf night, I gotta play this game, or Tuesday this game, or do you try to keep it pretty loose with the games that you play on your streams? So, I mean, 
I don't necessarily put a whole lot of thought in terms of, oh, this is what I'm going to be streaming. This is a plan. Uh, it's definitely something uh, I've been working on as a creator and as a, uh, you know, a streamer. But uh, like recently, this last week, I've actually found a lot of success of ex like streaming this older game. And I say older, it's only like three or four years old. But uh, Tom Clancy's uh, fucking Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Oh, those are I've such great had, games. I've had, it's, so I beat it back on PlayStation and I reacquired it during a Ubisoft sale on PC and it runs a whole lot smoother. It looks a whole hell of a lot better and there's a hardcore community that's still involved with it. So, I mean, I'm definitely finding enjoyment in it. Um, but uh, no, there, uh, to answer your question, there's no, like, there hasn't been like a set game. It's more like a, this is what I'm feeling and this is what we're diving with. Right. Because, uh, I mean, taking from a lot of people and a lot of different creators that are out there, um, which is what I try to tend to, you know, strive to do, is to take away from the good qualities and the advice of others that have come before me and are, that are, you know, either more successful or just as successful as me. Right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel when it comes no, to this kind and, of stuff. No. And a lot of people would say, like, hey, man, do you not corner yourself into one fucking game? Make it about you know, you are the stream. What you're doing is what you're doing. And a lot of people will be like, well, what I'm doing is the stream. And when they go to fucking change that fucking equation, they lose those fucking uh, viewers and followers that they had because they built their base upon that. Right. See, if you get pigeonholed into a game, what happens when that community goes away? Or what happens when that game dies? It's like one of those I've things where seen it happen so many fucking times, man. And right. you know, I've seen people get fucking put on, you know, had to take a fucking knee, reevaluate their fucking situation, and they either fucking make it or they flake it. You know what I'm saying? But and the saddest thing is the that's just the nature of the beast. Are the people that I've talked to and seen that they're like they're afraid to play another game because they don't know if their community is gonna follow them over to the next game. And that that's like that kind of like scare me as a content creator to being pigeonholed into one game because like what's say you love that game what just put whatever game you want into that variable it could be the sims it could be tarkov it could be fucking project zomboid you only play one game and you everything's built around that game and you play something else and your community vanishes it's just like you're pretty much having to start back from square one and that's probably something a lot of people don't want to do so they probably stick with said game to the point of not enjoying it anymore and that's really the last thing you want to do is you know because this whole thing is meant to be enjoyable like yeah for some people it's an occupation but for the most part playing games is supposed to be enjoyable and if you're playing games that you don't want to play to keep strangers on the internet happy like that seems like it's kind of defeating the purpose you know what I mean yeah and I mean and that's a lot of things that what you know homies that uh, full time it that's something that they, they deal with on a daily basis and definitely fucking kudos to them but that's right. a lot of the reason why i'm taking the approach that i am you know you don't know if grim's gonna be playing fucking at monday at eight o'clock or monday at fucking midnight my schedule is definitely all over the fucking place but that's because i got a wife and kids and right life gets in the way <laughs> well that comes from the military um, but, uh, very few people i've met from the military have a great sleep schedule yeah it's definitely been fucked ever since um but that's why I don't like, all right, this is the game, this is it, and this is the only thing I'm fucking playing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, being in the military makes you never want to wear a hat inside, and it makes you be fearful that someone's going to kick in your door at four in the morning to make you go run PT formations. 
Dude, I fucking locked my doors. <laughs> you got to. I mean, yeah. you're supposed to, right? But I fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, I locked my fucking, don't be, yeah, don't be knocking my fucking door. No more of those fucking, uh, you, where are you? <laughs> Texts so, or calls. Does Ghost Recon scratch that itch of, like, you know, tactics that you once knew and loved in the military? Or is it just you love that game for different reasons entirely? So I do like tank, you know, taking the ability and fucking, you know, being uh like solid snake fucking stealthy in that kind of game and fucking taking an entire area without alerting any motherfucker. Um, so that's pretty cool. It is gratifying. Um, yeah, and uh, to like you know scratch that itch, I didn't join the the army as you know an eleven banger or a knuckle dragger or any other kind of fucking um, infantry tactic. MOS. Yeah, I did not deploy. I was not overseas, and I'll never claim that fucking title because you know that's not what I joined for, and that's not totally the that I did. Yeah, so, I mean, but just because you weren't in those specific roles doesn't mean you can't have a respect for the you know the tactics that go into it, right? Because it you and know fucking we all grew up with tactics. those games. We all love that kind of shit. Like, did you grow up playing StarCraft and like those kind of tactical like RTSs, or you had to like build things strategically and like accordingly was, like may change things there was actually a period in time uh back when i had like a fucking laptop i did play starcraft 2 fun games yeah i i love the starcraft series i just wish they had more races like you feel kind of limited with only those three yeah but i mean the, you know with that limitation you understand what your enemy's capabilities are exactly and, you know you can adapt to whatever the, it, it makes it just more simplistic it's rock, paper, scissors with aliens and bugs. Pretty much. And we all grew up with StarCraft. I mean, Star Troop, Starship Troopers. I can't talk. I want to kill bugs. Oh, classic shit. So, moving forward with your stream, is there a game that's on your radar? Is there a game that you're looking forward to that's about to be released or has been released for a while that you haven't played yet? Mm, not that I can think of, man. Uh, I believe Breakpoint was just something I fucking... Woke up one day and I saw the Ubisoft sale and I, you know, checked it out and I was like, you know what? That's a motherfucking game I want to play and get into again. Right. right. Um, no, totally. But as yeah, as it stands right now, I mean, I've got Apex in the, the newest season that they're on. Uh I've got fucking Tarkov with the white but I haven't even played in. Um and I've got uh pardon me, I've got Van uh Blood Hunt. I was trying to think of the fucking Blood, Blood Hunt. I just got into that. Um, I do want to play through. Like, I enjoy streaming and playing just like story games in general because it gives a narrative that you like can the Last through. of Us or one of those yeah. types of games. Yep. Oh, that, like, that uh, campaign the, is so good. Any of the Far Cry series, uh, Fallout series. Um, there's just so many games that I enjoy playing that I just haven't fucking played. So uh, even. All the way down to like seven days to die. I enjoy I enjoy That's a, a game with as simple as that. Simple but difficult and punishing. Yeah. So what since you play such a wide variety of games for your stream, are there certain games that you find are more difficult to interact with your stream with? Are there games that you prefer to play for that interaction quality, or is it one of those things where you're just active with the game and your chat just kind of responds to you and your reactions because you're an animated guy you're fun to watch thank you for that um so to answer your question uh there are certain games i feel it is harder to 
uh, interact when it's like super fast paced like Call of Duty. Um, but on the on the flip side, once you get quick enough, it is easier to start peeping over, reading chat, seeing when someone comes in, seeing when someone follows, seeing when someone subscribes, and it helps to have those sound alerts to kind of cue you in on shit like that when it happens. Oh, 100%. So, um, even with faster-paced games, uh, I feel like it doesn't really make a whole lot of a difference in terms of interaction. Uh, I feel like a lot of the time, unless it's uh, me just sitting there and chatting and hanging out, um, it's mainly just people fucking reacting to what's going on or people just watching on the sidelines. Which you know have no fucking problems with. Um, okay. If people wanted to sit there and have a long, drawn out conversation about wherever the fuck it was, I could, you know, still do the same. But uh, a lot of the times it'll be me playing like uh, some kind of story game and someone, you know, making a comment about you know, oh this is what I did or oh I enjoyed this part or you know whatever. Totally. And I have uh, and the. I feel like the consistency part of it, right, is, you know, going live every fucking day that I'm off from work and not busy with the things of life. Right. And uh, you want to be consistent with streaming, but not to a point where it's detrimental to your life. Right. And you get the regular people. And so you start seeing the same fucking names. And uh, even with Breakpoint, I've seen like out of like the two streams I've had, I've seen like five people. Right. Same names pop up both fucking times, and it was pretty fucking cool. That's pretty awesome. So and I stream at the middle of the fucking night, so a lot of my uh, your viewers, a lot of my fam, a lot of my fam, a lot of my homies, they're uh fucking out of Australia because of like the time difference. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. Like when I play certain games, or when I was playing certain games, like at later hours, there'd be a lot of Australians. For example, War of Rights, which is like an American Civil War game. Like, you get on at certain hours, and it's all Australian. Like, it's a complete game of Australians, and I was that's something I just never expected. And they're very cordial, yeah. and they're fun to play with. So oh, that, that's yeah. one of those things that's tight. unexpected but awesome in this game or scene. So you talked earlier about picking and choosing the things you like from other streams. So that begs the question, out of all the content creators out there, and there's so many of them, which ones do you enjoy their content? Like, which ones do you like to watch on your off time? And which ones do you like to pull from for your own stream? So, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of fucking streamers out there. Um, so when you said off time, I don't really have that. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> right. It's either I'm on or I'm home and on you know what i'm saying let me uh, rephrase it Wh whose content do you like to consume so i find myself uh uh watching the homies in the little group that we've got going on um and i have a select few people and none of them are really like super huge names um but that's okay and I, to, and I just yeah and i just love to fucking hang out with them and chat with them and fucking just vibe out with them um, I would say the quote unquote biggest name that I fucking hang around in is uh fucking the homie American Dad. And that I mean and I'll fucking say it loud and proud any fucking day of the week, any time of the fucking day, that that's the man. That's the homie. Um uh, I, don't, I don't watch like uh Tim the Tatman, I don't watch uh Doctor Disrespect or anyone I don't like watch that. Any of like, yeah, I don't watch anyone like super. I mean, the okay. So I guess like the biggest name I watch, which I would argue the biggest name on Twitch, would be Asmongold. Okay. That motherfucker pulls like sixty, seventy thousand viewers on fucking Tuesday. 
Right? It's it's seriously impressive when you streamed and you know, you see people at those heights and you see the production quality of their stream. You see how yes. like tight yes. their not only the production value, but like there's there's stage presence. I know that's a weird term to use when somebody's sitting at their desk on a computer, but it's like a stream is like a TV show. And the streamer yeah, is like the, the star of the show. And that person yeah. has a presence. Like American yes. Dad, great example. He's larger than life. Damn right. And see, and that's one thing I've liked uh, that I've, you know, I've drawn from him, right? Is uh, you got to be your fucking self and you are the fucking, you are the stage, right? So I try to convey to individuals that, you know, when they try to take interest in streaming, you know, I ask them, you know, if they're serious about it. And I kind of just give them a, you know, I try to frame the picture for them and let them know that like, Hey man, if someone's willing to fucking be there for you and they're willing to spend time and you're streaming right now, you're beating them out of any other friends that they have in their life, their wife, girlfriend, or significant other, right? Fucking kids. You're beating Netflix. You're beating Pornhub. Like you are fucking, <laughs> I like that all of pun. Things that the one chance there. you get to beat, porn up as opposed to the other way around (laughs) like you you are beating out all those other things in that individual's life and i try to let you know people know that like time is the most valuable thing in in a person's life you literally fucking you know depending on how you use it it's you literally work you spend time in your life to earn a living in order to fucking provide right and or make it by so when someone's taking their time to fucking, you know, hang out with you and whatever the fuck you've got going on, that's fucking the best thing ever. It's a pretty big compliment in a way. So yeah, when you get to those streams where you have, you know, a high number of viewers, are those like humbling situations for you? Is that like one of those things where you're like, holy shit, does it like hit you all at once? Or is that something that doesn't hit you? So like, you know, after the fact, like after you've like turned off the cameras and stuff and you're just like, Holy shit, that happened. I had this many people. Like, people don't put it into perspective. So, to, like, answer your question, like, yeah. Like, if you have five motherfuckers watching, just imagine five seats sitting right behind you doing what you're fucking doing. Right. Now, right. amplify that. 30, 30 fucking people. That's a classroom of people watching only you, whatever the fuck you're doing, and hanging out with you to be there with you. Right. It's and so easy. Really think of that and, and, like, put that in perspective. Oh, it's so easy to, like, you know... I don't want to say dehumanize, but like to not put a face to that actual number. It's like, you know, when you, when you're a kid and you hear like, you know, war casualty numbers and you're like, Oh yeah. And then you like go to like, you know, Arlington national cemetery and you see all those little crosses and you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it it actually becomes real once you put it in those perspectives of like visually seeing like, you know, you're in a classroom with 30 people like this. Many people watch me fucking play, you know, Viva Pinata 2. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking badass, man. Isn't it so cool? So my question to you is, do you ever get stage fright? so to speak like do you ever get nervous like when like when you think about that or is that something you try not to think about at all during your stream so i mean i i started with essentially just a fucking console controller and you know a built-in fucking camera that you could plug into and stream native on whatever console it was and i started back on pubg i streamed uh on mixer and I, you know, had the advantage of hype zone whenever I was, you know, in the final circles, circles of uh, PUBG. 
And then, you know, I transitioned over to PlayStation, still native, but on Twitch. And then I eventually made my way over to PC. And since then, my uh, stream has definitely morphed into what it is today. And uh, given the repetition and, you know, someone who does it all the fucking time, uh, I feel like I that you've gotten really past that stage. Yeah, it's not really a, a fucking factor anymore. I just go live and it's we're fucking vibing. That's that's what it is. Right. No, totally. I, I, I get that completely. So my next question for you is when you're in those high, like sit, like tent situations, like a final circle or, you know, a crazy gunfight in Tarkov, do you find that having the camera on you brings more pressure or do you kind of thrive off of that? Do you kind of enjoy that feeling? So I, when I'm in a situation like that, I'm thinking about my fucking you know, my W key and my left, you know, fucking click. <laughs> I'm not really thinking about the camera. I'm not really thinking about who's watching. And, totally. uh, you know, if I fucking win, you know, people are going to be like, you know, cool. If I lose, they're going to be like, oh, better luck next time. Keep going. <laughs> That's really all it is. Oh, 100%. So you mentioned blood hunts a little bit. Now, yeah. how much blood hunt would you say you've played? Uh, Probably like a week's worth. Okay. So blood hunt compared to the other... BRs that you've played, whether it be Fortnite, PUBG, Warzone, where would you say Blood Hunt in its current iteration? Where is that standing for you? Uh, I find it's very fun. A lot of people don't like the rooftop fighting. They they feel like it, you know, adds an unnecessary element to it. But I find it fun because you're super mobile. You're a fucking you're, you're, you're a vampire. A you can fly, vampire, dude. You can fucking run fast as fuck and traverse the map in no fucking time. And I feel like that's a pretty cool part and you know, a pretty cool aspect of the game. Like, you know, you might start in one corner of the fucking map. And that's one thing I like about it is, uh, you know, you got the same map, that's the map and you pick your spot and you can see where other people are and you kind of strategize like what's your play off that, you know, it's not a random drop from a ship and you kind of have to watch the trails or right. watch to see where people are going or whatever. That high mobility um, kind of, like, it doesn't take away from, like, the circle. But, you know, sometimes in, like, a Fortnite event or in some other game, if you're in the wrong spot and that circle comes up and you're too distracted with other things, it's just there's no way to get there sometimes. Whereas Blood Hunt, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. Like, no, I like... it's never a problem. Exactly, because you can get there. So the circle is not your... Like, it's a factor, but it's not as big of a factor. And I do love the NPC that you can just kill random NPCs and suck their blood to, like, yeah, get, get power-ups or heal up or whatever. So my question to you is, what if they added, like, different NPCs onto the map? Like, oh, that's a drunk stumbling out of a bar, and when I, if I drink his blood, my person's going to get a little bit of a buff, but my controls aren't going to be as responsive because my person's going to be drunk. <laughs> or, like, That'd some, like buffs like that or debuffs like that would that be something you'd be into or is that something is just like a little too complicated no i mean if they threw it in i'd play along it's not something i'd really have any fucking say about it nice and how do you like the gunplay in that game uh i feel like there's definitely some guns that are more you know more versatile than others um but other than that like i feel like a sniper does his job um you know they have a rarity system right um, you know definitely melee is strong as hell in that game like if you close the distance on someone with a katana then it's fucking over I do like the variety of melee weapons like I think I saw somebody kill somebody with a baseball bat the other yep. night like yeah. the only thing it's missing is like 
the Batman and Robin, like, Harlequin Hammer. Like, it seems like there's all sorts of crazy shit in that game in its current iteration. So my question is, is this something that you could see, like, branching out into, like, the crazy, like, you know, cosmetic pay-for-play kind of thing where it's, like, doesn't give you, of like, a bonus to your person's ability, but it's more based on cosmetics? Or do you think this game is going to stay more pure and as just, like, its current iteration? So they have this system to where essentially you can fucking earn cosmetics, but they already do have the battle pass scheme. Oh, they have the pay stuff already. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they already do have that shit. I, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. That's like it's gonna come hand in hand when it comes to be a free to play game. Exactly. Like Cycle Frontier, like just being in like the miners, like, you know, satellite dish thing you live in, you walk around, you you can just tell there's just setting it up for so many like cosmetic shit. Like, oh, look mm. at all this blue and orange stuff. Oh, look at all these crazy, like, you know, glowy armors. I'm sure you can pay for these. Like, I'm just yeah. hoping the direction they go is it's not going to be one of those like, oh, you want purple armor? Here you go. Or you want more coins so you can like craft all this stuff? here you go because a lot of those crafts are actually pretty simple if you could like you know farm the blue jeffs and get their like their scales yeah so moving forward with gaming is there any game from your childhood that you would like to see be remade Hmm. you know with playing blood hunt it did bring back memories and you might laugh but uh, this was back when I was like I don't know like seven or eight years old and I was living with my grandparents long story uh, but I had my aunts there and they pretty much ended up being my older sisters um, we had Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Sam Michelle Geller as you know oh that show was person. huge when we were kids yeah that show was everywhere so we had the it game was fun where it was you played as Buffy and after playing Blood Hunt I was like you know if they made a fucking game like another Buffy game just like revamped in today's fucking technology it would be fucking killer i you know i would i would not be opposed to that because i i've rewatched that show with my wife and it's a great show just like yeah if like if i was to pick a show to reboot it would probably be firefly because you know they killed it so early yeah. i would love to see it like that done to completion but buffy is not far off i would like to see that reboot like redone if they're gonna do it but as long as they do it well like you know if they make it like stupid <laughs> like a lot of the remakes kind of feel like they are. Yeah, um, right. So as a parent, I have to ask, have you seen the new uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus? Uh, I've seen uh, the, you know, like it exists, but I haven't watched it. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. It's like Is it's it? it's wall to wall nostalgia and like... <laughs> Nice. It's got everything from the 90s, early 2000s, even some current stuff like Ugly Sonic. Like, you know how, like, the Sonic the Hedgehog looked like, you know, a homeless Sonic before, like, everyone bullied the studio into revamping it? Ugly Sonic's in it, and they call him Ugly Sonic. That's his fucking name. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Like, there's just references all over the place. Like, they're, like, running, and, you know, Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Oh, sorry, Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. He's on a park bench. And it says, vote for Senator Butthead, and it's him in a suit. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. there's just shit like that all over the place. It's like reference on reference on reference. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, Ready Player Two, where you'd pause the screen and be like, oh, that's a reference to that, and that's a reference to that. It's kind of the same shit. 
Nice. Only it's not like super in your face. Like a lot of it's like very subtle. You got to like look for it, which is super like it's a lot of fun. And it's one of those things where it's for kids, but it's at the same time it's for adults. Like I don't know if you remember watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers as a kid. I, I know yeah, most. Did. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of those weird shows that was like fun, but it wasn't on for very long. So people are familiar with the characters, but they don't remember the show like you know religiously. Chippendale. I don't remember the fucking the fucking song, but I remember it was like Chippendale or some kind of fucking oh. Old <laughs> <laughs> they play that quite a Rescue few times. Rangers or some shit like that. Yeah, you, you should you should definitely check that out when you get an opportunity. Oh, yeah. So how old is your kid? So actually I have two sons and a third on the way. The oldest oh, is seven. Congratulations. Is three, seven and three. we're about four weeks out from the third. Oh man. So when it comes to gaming with kids, is that something that you're like looking forward to? Is like gaming with them is that something where you're gonna pull like your old games out of storage and be like hey do you want to see the stuff i was playing or do you want them to like completely like fresh start with like their generation of gaming so it'd be cool to see if they would react the same as you know what we had but i feel like with what's already around i feel like they'd be like what the fuck is this right Um, it's gonna be like busting out an atari like check out these asteroids These like, graphics were the shit back in my day. Um, uh, so that's actually been on the forefront of my mind because, you know, my oldest is seven. He's definitely at that age, and he's had some interest in Fortnite, which is pretty fucking cool. Right. But uh, he hasn't really had any interest in fucking, like, actually gaming himself. So it's to that point where I need to get him his own fucking system and just sit down with him and get him started because you know if he's gaming he's not doing anything else you know what i'm saying oh absolutely it's like you know if they're on like if they're playing like team sports if they're playing like you know little league baseball or they're playing games you know they're not yep. doing anything they're not supposed to be doing yeah it's like no i totally understand that so when you say he's interested does he like to like watch like youtube videos does he like to watch you play yes. Fortnite? and like so when oh, it comes to like watching things, uh, my sons don't watch me play any of the things that I play. I have my youngest; he'll like waltz in and he wants to sit with me, and you know I let him sit with me. I pull out the little kickstand for the you know the foot stand, and I just pull that out for him. So he put his little feet on there, and then he sits right in my lap, and uh, he'll sit with me for you know the intent, the attention of a three year old, and right. then, you know wants to get up and go. Um, oh, absolutely. My two-year-old is very... Yeah. She wants it now, and then once she gets it, she only wants to play with it for, like, five seconds, and then she's off to yes. the next thing. Yes. It's like, get away from the dog food. Don't eat that. Fucking walking tornadoes, bro. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. That's a, that's a good way to fucking put it. So... When it comes to, I, I don't know about you, but like I, I grew up playing games a lot, and my eyes got fucked at an early age. Like Mario is the reason why my eyes are terrible, and I have to wear glasses now. With all the blue screen exposure that like kids are exposed to, whether it be like you know, iPad screens, TV screens, computer screens, like is that something that you're worried about? Is like you know visual degradation, or is that something that doesn't like you're not worried about it? So, as of right now, like, I always just make sure my fucking oldest, like, hey, motherfucker, keep that iPad away from your face. He likes to do that thing where he put it wrap to his face. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. how I got bad eyesight. Don't fucking do that. My daughter does the same I thing. I told to back away from the TV when I was, you know, sitting there, you know, crisscross applesauce on the fucking ground playing whatever the fuck I was playing. Oh, absolutely. See, 
it's so crazy because like our parents had Disneyland to bring us to and they could relive a part of their childhood by watching us and our expressions. So like, you know, going to Disneyland or, you know, whatnot. But as a parent, like, have you had those moments where you see your kid enjoying a game or enjoy watching a game and you kind of get that nostalgic feel from like the, the enjoyment you got when you were that age, when you were like enjoying gaming? Mm, not yet. It's like I said, man, they haven't really, uh, you know, dabbled in. They haven't dived interest. yet. Fucking, yeah, they have not. I, I, I've planted the seed and it's still growing. Nice. Nice. That's. <laughs> so are you going to get them like into controller or do you think mouse and keyboard's the way to go? Mm, I think I'm going to start them out on console. Um, I mean, uh, it does, there's, you know, there's always room for fucking a PC later on down the road. For oh, sure. totally. Totally. So when it comes to Cycle Frontier, because we were going back to consoles, like it feels like Cycle Frontier would be a really good iteration for the console because consoles currently don't have a looter and shooter yet. I know like, you know, we're going to give Tarkov a run for its money. That might be the console version of a looter and shooter. But do you think Cycle Frontier could make that transition? With its current layout, yeah, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't, it wouldn't struggle. No, totally. That's one of those things where it's like it feels like it's simple enough, and it feels like the inventory is not as complicated as a Tarkov, where you know you stack stuff and you put things, you rotate things. Cycle is more like a you know straight up, you put this in here. Like it's very simplistic in comparison. Yeah, I feel like it could definitely... I mean, you definitely couldn't throw Tarkov on console. We both know that. Oh, that'd but, be a um, nightmare. Cycle could definitely... You know, I could see it being a fucking... I feel like Cycle is just like, a, you know, Fortnite, a step to the right or to the left, and you add an inventory and a survival aspect to it. Totally. So, when you're getting your streams ready, like, are you a superstitious guy? Do you go through, like, the same, like, XYZ before you start up a stream or is it one of those things where you just, you know, you sit down, you turn it on, and then you go? Like, is there any prep work? So, I mean, it's like we talked about earlier, you know, when you said the streamer uh, is the fucking stage, right? So right. when it comes to uh, streaming and getting ready, I always, you know, get myself ready. You know, I fucking shave. I fucking brush my teeth. I fucking, you know, try to look as presentable as possible. You know, Tell yourself you're the shit in the mirror a few times. You know, get that right. going. <laughs> Slap yourself a few times. <laughs> and, you know, there's always like a, you know, I feel like a lot of people, they like uh, ritualistic fucking entertainment, right? Like, you know, they're turning on their newest episode or whatever the fuck, and they're, they're enjoying the intro credit song or whatever the fuck. Um, right. I like doing the, you know, the same shit. So I got the same song that I play. I pull out a fucking energy drink. I clink that bitch to the camera, and we all fucking chug one together. Not chug, but, you know, drink a little bit. Shotgun it right then and there. Yeah, and then I fucking, my eyes water like a motherfucker. Oh, God. <laughs> See, isn't that funny when, like, you're a kid and you can game for, like, you know, damn near 24 hours and feel completely fine, and then as an older, like, I'm, I'm going to say older for gamer, like, you know, once you hit 30, you're considered, like, a boomer in gaming. Like, once you right. hit that plethora, that, that plateau, so to speak, and you, you sit down for, like, four hours, like, oh, my God, my back and my shoulders. Like, my ass. Right? I, why didn't I stretch? Like, yeah, I need to fucking add in a fucking... Uh... 
you know, like a t- like a, a reminder timer, like, hey, fuck, get up and stretch, do a little torso twist or some shit. Wedgie check or one of yeah. those things. Now, is there a set amount of time that is ideal streaming for you? Or is it one of those things where you just go until the vibes are, like, you know, winding down, or you go until you get tired? So I like to try to keep a standard of between four to six hours, and if I'm really vibing and things are really going, the sky's the fucking limit. But I feel like streaming any less than four hours is kind of like, oh, what are you doing this for? You know what I'm saying? Right. Have you um, ever done a 24-hour streamathon? No. I think I streamed for like 18 hours one time for fun. Um, I uh, streamed for 15 hours just the other day. Nice. Nice. So we talked about games that you enjoy playing on stream some games are a little bit more difficult, but they're still enjoyable. Do you have a standout game that you currently is in your gaming pool that is your favorite game to play, whether it's on stream or off? Um, I'm like looking at my catalog. I'd say like the most recent story game that I've played would probably be Dying Light 2. That was a lot of fucking fun. And they just added the uh, uh, New Game Plus to it because when it initially released it did not have a uh, new game plus um yeah, so I, I heard it was, that was my fucking favorite i heard the new game plus from some people i talked to you played that they said that really actually like boosted it up a little bit fuck yeah so what about that particular game is it is it the parkour is it the combat like what about that game all like, of it gets you i mean who doesn't want to be jumping off fucking buildings and Slicing, slicing a fucking zombie's head off in fucking six D graphics, where you smell the blood type shit. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, like Spider Man meets. <laughs> name another game other than you know, like you got Left for Dead, you've right. got like uh, uh, Dead Island, and then you have Dying Light. I was gonna say Dead Rising, which is kind of a Dead throwback. As well. Great game. I yeah. really wish they would remake that series because super fun series. Right. But what, uh, was I said Spider-Man know, I like would parkour, you I like the, the parkour oh no no you get the, the parkour aspect of it you're saying yeah I, I enjoy the parkour like you know just being able to climb whatever the fuck up I need to or fucking jump from this or to that or you know zip on a zip line or fucking I like that in combination with you know slicing up fucking zombies it's fun that kind of adds to the open world setting where it's like oh I can climb up that or I can get anywhere on this map really like you know, there's yep. some open worlds where it's just like, yeah, I can like, you know, walk down the sidewalk and I can go into this random store like Grand Theft Auto, but in this one, it's just like, yeah, I can climb up there. Fuck it. Yep. Sky's the limit, literally. Yeah, it adds uh, definitely a lot of, uh, and they they uh, in Dying Light too, they added like little things where you could fucking find in those tall skyscrapers if you fucking dared to climb them. Yeah, those Easter eggs for those people who yeah. are like, you know, willing to like climb up there and get those things. So. Speaking of Easter eggs, what is the what is, do you have a favorite Easter egg in a game that you have found? Like either it be a throwback to a previous game in the series or just something like silly. Like, do you have a favorite Easter egg? No, I don't. Ah, totally. So, moving forward with uh, the open world genre of gaming, like, is there a particular game in the Far Cry series? Because Far Cry is kind of notorious for being open world. Do you have Far a favorite? Cry. Okay, you saw exactly where I'm going with that. Now, what about five? Did you enjoy? I don't know. Like it was just the aspect of fucking you going in 
and fucking eradicating a fucking cult was fucking cool. Right. The setting was awesome. Just like the gameplay yeah. of that was cool too. And I, I like all the little subtle things like the cult leader on the radio or like, you know how everybody's like attire is like slightly different, but with the same like cult insignia, like all that other stuff, like it really ties you into that world. It makes that world feel like it's an actual evolving thing. And then as the story progresses and you do stuff, you see those changes in those people and the environment actually take effect. Yeah, and I feel like they really knocked it home with fucking Far Cry 5. Uh, 6 was fun, and it had like a lot of the same feel, but I feel like with the character setting that they had and the, the story that they had behind it um, really fucking added that much more to it because Far Cry uh, New Dawn was built off of Far Cry 5, and it was like a whole, its own standalone game. It could have very well been like DLC, but whatever, fuck it. It was also still fun. But it still had, like, uh, New Dawn, it still had characters from 5, you know, after the aftermath of what happened. Right. So being a fan of Far Cry, did you enjoy any Fallout game? Fallout? Yeah, 3. Fallout 3, classic. A lot of people will be like, oh, man, New Vegas. Like, no, whatever, man. I like Fallout 3. Or Fallout Everyone 3. has their own takes, you know. I, I personally enjoyed Fallout 3. I thought Fallout 3 was a really fun game. Like, Vegas was cool, too, but, like, I don't know. Something about it wasn't my favorite. Everyone's got their own particular things. Just, like, uh, Oblivion. Did you did you enjoy the Oblivion series? Because that's kind Oblivion of, like, the was same like, open that's world. The way it, I was going to say, Oblivion's, like, back there on, like, the OG Xbox. And I remember getting a copy of Oblivion, and it wouldn't run on my fucking Xbox. And that was just the end of that story. Oh, have you considered revisiting it through the PC yeah, I've considered that, and, like, I also got Fable, and it did the same shit, so I was just left without those experiences. Oh, Fable. See, Fable was one of those things, but the first one, I remember it being enjoyable, but it was too short. And then, like, I think it was the second one, I remember playing that, and, like, there was just little bugs that, I think it was, like, the nap or something like that that was just driving me crazy. I can't remember what it was, per se. Maybe they patched that. Maybe it's fixed. That's one of those things I would like to replay, too. Um, have you played any XCOM? Like, XCOM 1 or XCOM 2? Uh, I've seen shit about them, but no, I have not. Aren't those, like, uh, like strat games? They are strat games. And being somebody who enjoys the Ghost Recon series, like... This plays very differently from that, but from a tactical standpoint, from a strategic aspect, and also being punishing, where it's like, if a character dies, if a character dies, they're dead. Like, there's actual, like, punishing, like, repercussions to making bad decisions. So, that might be something you might want to look into. Super fun gameplay, cool story mode, it's all campaign. There's a multiplayer section of those games, but it's, like, it's not as big as the campaign. Like, the campaign is definitely like the crown jewel of the XCOM series so maybe something to take a look at if you're looking for a game in the near future fuck yeah nice and then have you played any Project Zomboid uh no but I've watched Clean play a lot of it now yeah that, that's one of those games where it's like it's solo it's solo player but now they've introduced the whole multiplayer thing so if you're looking for a community game it's pretty cheap pretty awesome you know zombie survival with the friends granted you can't zip around all parkour style like spider-man yeah. but it still has like you know that risk high risk high reward 
like you know variables to it like it's a punishing game the cool thing about the multiplayer is you can get all the friends and if you die you can just make a new character on the same server so and you can have a private server so you know you don't have to worry about randoms coming through yeah it sounds like a good idea actually so when it comes to like we talked about like being that sherpa isk for the new people in tarkov and having people come through and like what you would say to newer streamers is there any piece of advice you would like to give to anybody who's like thinking about streaming not sure where to start or somebody who's got all their setup already and is afraid to go live like what would be your advice to like the brand new budding streamer so i mean it's kind of like uh you know encompassing from all my experiences and uh, all the you know the the learning curve that i had to fucking you know the, a lot of us that you know the journey that we're all on as content creators, you know, the amount of research and the amount of time and effort that it goes into, into outside of content, cre- you know, it's more than just going live. That's for fucking right. sure. Oh, absolutely. That'd be something I drive home to anyone who's trying to get into it. Um, but I would definitely say like, have a strong sense of brand and, uh, you know, know what you are bringing to the table and then give a little, a little twist and make it yours. Cause that'll be what that that'll be that key signature that brings people to your stream, right? And, oh, exactly. Uh, and you know, like all those old things that a lot of people like to say: consistency, you know, fucking schedule, blah 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 blah. What advice uh, but, would? Oh, go ahead. No, no. Ask that next question. What advice would you give to somebody who's getting frustrated? That's like not seeing like results. That's like you know playing something that's like maybe higher saturated and they're just getting frustrated with like you know the you traffic like what would be your best advice to somebody in that sense so i mean i'd really fucking you know sit them down and be like hey man look if you're not happy with what's going on you need to change your fucking you need to change because you know what the definition of insanity is right oh yeah doing Uh, the same thing over and over and expecting a different result Right. And so I would say, Hey man, you need to switch it up. You need to fucking figure out what it is that you're doing and identify it, you know, go back, look at your VODs, see what you're doing, see what gets interactions, see what doesn't get interactions, look at your analytics and really fucking take a look in the mirror and like, Hey, this is the situation and this is not where I'm at. And this is where I want to be set a goal path and fucking follow it. And if you know, you try and you fail well, then you tried, and then you keep going. And it's really all it is, and all life is, really. A hundred percent. It's one of those things where it's like, very few people are super successful at anything their first go around. And there's so many people in this field, whether it be people who have streamed forever, people who are moderators, you know, people who are just cracked at certain games. Like, there are so many resources available to you. And if you're afraid to ask somebody, you know, maybe like, you know, just send them a DM. The worst thing they're going to say is no. Like I wouldn't say call, like ask them during a live stream because you know, like I'm sure you've seen that too, Grim, where people come in and they ask you like, Oh, can you tell me how you do everything on your stream? Or like, you know, weird questions. Like that's something that's probably better suited for a DM. It just feels like a lot of these young kids who are not sure how to pursue this, these types of things are not sure how to network. Right. And I mean, that, that'd be another thing you have to fucking sit down and explain, you know, explain to them like, Hey man, like this is, you know, sidebar, go ahead and fucking shoot me a, a message in discord. 
or Twitter or whatever social platform you deem fit you know, at the time. But that comes down to the streamer and their ability to fucking address and assess the situation as it comes up in chat. Because you know as well as I do that you're never going to, you, you can't, you can never anticipate what's going to fucking come up in that chat box. Which leads me to my, to fucking, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, I'll finish that thought. Oh, uh, you know, got to be able to fucking, you know, adapt and, you know, respond, you know, on the fly to whatever situation may, you know, arise. I've had people come in and tell me their fucking life story and it's a fucking sad thing. And it, you know, drives the vibes down in the stream and, you know, you got to uplift, you know, not only that person and try to be a light for them, but you've also got to bring the vibes back to the stream. Right. So my question was like, what is the weirdest thing somebody has either asked of you or told you during a stream? Now, you know, you don't have to get personal with it. You don't have to name names. Um, you can keep it silly. You go whatever direction you want with that. What would be the strangest encounter you've had as a streamer with the chat wall? So I do feel like it's the weirdest thing when people decide to go into your stream playing whatever you're playing, doing whatever you're doing at whatever time of day you're doing it and just talk shit. It is, it is the weirdest thing. Like, you know how much energy it takes to go find that individual, go into their chat and say negative shit to them to make yourself feel better. I've never understood that either. It's like, so I feel like, so like out of all the interactions I've had, those are probably like the, like, okay, I fucking remember these motherfuckers. Like, you know, or these interactions because it's like it just baffles me that people would go to such lengths to be such a piece of shit. But then again, a lot of people fucking suck. So people like it just feels like don't feed the trolls. Like they're just going in there to try to get a reaction out of you. And it's really weird when you're playing a game that's not like super high traffic streamed. Like if you're playing a game that's got like, you know, eight other people playing it, and then somebody just pops into your chat to tell you like what a shit bag you are or something random. It's like, what the fuck? How'd you find me? Yeah, right. Um, and that's another thing like I would tell somebody if they're trying to get into streaming is own your fucking space. That's what I've learned from a lot of good full timers. It is their stream and you fucking know it and they won't put up with any shit. And that's how you have to be with your stream. Exactly. Like, think about it. You're like you're sitting in your home. You're sitting yeah. at your room like your stream. Yeah, you're out. In, you're out on the net. You're out on, you know, whatever platform, whether it be Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, gaming doesn't matter you're in your house like you don't let somebody disrespect you in your own house your stream is your home yep and it's weird because streaming for me or even when i'm watching somebody stream it kind of gives that feeling of being at your friend's house and sitting on the couch while somebody's playing a game you know Fuck yeah so it's like if your friend was to turn to you or like a stranger who was just like, you know, there was to turn to you and say the kind of shit that some of these people say to you on a Twitch out. roll, like that's not going to fly. No, dude, get the fuck out. That's that's the one negative thing about this being online is anybody can say whatever they want with the yeah, veil of keyboard safety. They're all anonymous too. Like if I if I told you something horrible, it's just like fuck eight bit. But you're like you don't know my real name. <laughs> you don't know what I look like unless you do a little yeah. bit of digging. Like right. I can get away with it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh man, yeah, it, it's I, the anonymity, the veil, and just like you know the repercussionless shit talking. It's it can definitely be frustrating. So for somebody who's streaming who's newer to this, who'd never experienced that before, 
what is your best advice for adapting and overcoming those difficulties? So I would literally just fucking, you know, tell whoever is trying to fucking overcome that kind of shit. Just, you know, if you don't have a dedicated fucking homie there to fucking, you know, ax that shit, just ax it yourself. Don't even pay it any mind and just keep on vibing. Totally. And for moderators, do you have any moderators that are, you know, consistent when you stream? Fuck yeah. I got one homie. He's in Australia and I love him to fucking death. He's my fucking, that is my boo. All right. And totally my, my stream wouldn't be where it was if it weren't for that fuck. Oh, I, I hear that moderators do so much for a stream not only do they you know they're pretty much the bouncer if anyone's acting up they can boot them they can mute them they can take away certain words that people you know like to come in and spam because they're just feeling like being a racist asshole like moderators do so much behind the scenes work so yeah we're getting to the point where, you know, we're getting to our time constraint. We like to keep it between an hour, hour and a half. Now's your time for any safe rounds, anything you'd like to say, any sponsors you'd like to thank. If you want to give a shout out to your moderator or any homies, now is your time to do so. I'm not going to play like the Oscar music. You have as much time to say whatever it is you want to say. If you want to spend an hour berating me and telling me what a piece of shit I am, <laughs> feel free. Oh, I'm not going to do that, man. Oh, I know. Uh, so if you've made it to this point in the episode and you're still fucking listening, uh, thank you for supporting the, supporting, supporting the homie 8-Bit and, uh, you know, finding out a little bit about myself in terms of, you know, my whole fucking journey throughout this content, uh, content creation fucking, you know, path. Um, uh, I'd say, you know, remember to fucking drink water, take care of yourself, and uh, be fucking safe. Nice, nice. And is there anybody you would like to thank? Uh, you know, all the homies that fucking uh, hang out with on a fucking nightly basis, whether it be in my stream or theirs, um, we're all kind of in the in the same fucking circles. You know who they are, and I know who they are. Oh, absolutely. I love them all, and I appreciate all of them, all of and you. And There's a lot I, of them. That's the worst part about yeah. naming people is you're always afraid you're going to leave somebody out. Yep, no. so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to set myself up for that. Totally. And do you have any sponsors or anyone like that you would like to thank? Uh, the homies at Valvidian. Uh, they've been friendly and fucking supportive, and uh, they've been badass, and they push out a good product. Code Grim at checkout if you want to enhance your focus, man. And uh, for the mod, his name is Zed, and he's a fucking legend. And if anyone says anything different, well, they're going to have to talk to me about it. Nice, nice. So where can people find you? What platforms do you stream on? And what socials, what social platforms are you currently on? So I'm pretty much active on most, if not all, social media platforms. I've got a, a Twitter for the main part. I've got Instagram, which I need to pick up that game. I've also got a YouTube. I need to start pushing out more content there, but it is there. And I also have uh, Twitch, obviously. And across all platforms, it's just Grim RVG. Nice. So, one more question before we get to the wrap-up. When it comes to making content for YouTube, do you prefer the short version content, or do you f prefer long-form content? With like, When I mean by that, do you like clips, or do you like an entire raid with light editing? So, I'd feel like uh, YouTube is a place for longer duration uh, content, whether, you know, there's algorithmic things there, but um, essentially like uh, playthrough videos those are probably like the bread and butter of YouTube um, or role playing or any of that other kind of shit 
Right. Um, I feel like the shorter versions of whatever the fuck you're doing on YouTube could be edited down to like something on TikTok. Absolutely. Or Twitter or Instagram reels or whatever the fuck. Definitely. And like when, when it comes to editing those things, like how long does it take for you from like after you know you have the bulk video, how long would you say it takes for you to edit and post said content for YouTube? Uh, like a Twitter video, if I have like, you know, 10 clips, it could take me like an hour, including the, the, the fine editing, the cutting, the sounds, the, you know, image overlaying, all that other shit. About an hour, because uh, I've been doing it for quite some time. I do all my own editing uh, up to this point. Um, nice. In terms of YouTube, uh, takes a little longer um, because there's like finer things that need to be fucking adjusted. Because it's a longer bulk video too. Yeah. 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 So, did you do you find that working on those other platforms of a YouTube and a TikTok? Do you find that that helps your mainstream? Like, do you find that redirects or funnels traffic to your stream? Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say like, start your fucking brand anywhere else than Twitch and bring whatever viewership from those other sources to your Twitch. See, that's that's a great way to put it. Like, I can't think of a better way to state that. So, last thing, any other save rounds for you, Graham? Uh, no, man. I appreciate your uh, time, and thank you for considering me and bringing me on to this podcast, and thanks for popping my cherry. Oh, um, <laughs> if I had a dollar. It felt, it felt great. <laughs> well, I mean, if... I don't hear that one so much, but I'll take the first one. So I would like to take this time to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule for coming on the podcast. I know it's a big ask when somebody comes up and asks you to take an hour, hour and a half of your time, especially during it's like, you know, prime time of gaming, which we're doing right now. So I really appreciate it. Um, oh, no problem. Man. I'm going to put all the links to Grim's stuff, his YouTube, his Twitch, his Twitter, all that fun stuff in the episode description. If you guys are interested in checking out the Homer Grimm, just scroll down the description, click those links, check him out. The dude's awesome to watch. He's high energy. He's comedic. It's it's one of those things where it's, uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but you guys will definitely have fun. He brings it just about every time I've seen him. Ooh. <laughs> and with that... That's the best way to end it. And with that, I am the 8-Bit Nobody. I've had the pleasure of talking to Grim RVG. Have yourself a fucking week and go outside and touch some fucking grass. We'll catch you all next time.